Welcome to the Keeney Interviews. Through this series, you will meet leading practitioners from the water sector and hear their stories. Together, we will address water challenges and discuss how best to face them. Keeney is the Malaysian word for current, and this initiative promotes the flow of ideas within the water sector. Hello and welcome to today's interview with Mark Goisho, Lead for Water at WWF Greater Mekong Region, where he talks about the role of the Mekong River in the economy. Mark has spent the past 19 years in Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand and Laos PDR as a technical and policy advisor. He studied geography, integrated river basin management and geomorphology. Mark is a member of the WWF Global Reference Group on Water Security, promoting responsible water infrastructure and securing sustainable flows to safeguard hydrological regimes that freshwater flora and fauna rely on, while meeting water demands for basic needs, social and economic development. My name is Raymond Lam, and I hope you enjoy this interview with Mark Goisho. Mark, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about the role of the Mekong River in the economy. I'm hoping we could start with a bit of an introduction. Sure. My name is Mark Bosho and I've been uh, leading the work uh, of WWF Greater Mekong Program uh, on uh, water in the Mekong region. Uh, mm-hmm. But in fact, it is uh, concentrated into the Mekong on, on the Mekong River itself. But the uh, Greater Mekong has actually five large rivers. The Red River, the Mekong River, the Chao Phraya, the uh, Salwin, and the Rawadi, and and we work mainly uh, on uh, on the Mekong, but also on on the Rawadi. Right. Uh, so, conservation organization. Uh, our mandate is to uh, conserve biodiversity, uh, and uh, and uh, the uh, use of the river for people, the natural resources that uh, that the river provides, mm-hmm. and. Um, is very special in the sense that uh, it has a very high fish biodiversity and in general aquatic biodiversity. It, it ranks uh, second or third in the world in terms of uh, total biodiversity for fish. Right. So on second to the Amazon and the Congo. But if you look per unit of area or per length of river, mm. it is possibly the more, most productive uh, river in the world for, for, for fish diversity, but also for fisheries. Right. It is the most productive inland fisheries in the world. It has a very important role for communities to provide affordable and high quality protein to the people. So a very important river worldwide and, and a fascinating place to work. And I've, I've been working in this region for 20 years and, and learning and still learning every day. Wow. Fascinating opportunity to manage a river properly. Unfortunately, in the past years, the river has seen a lot of stress mm-hmm. and, and it's not, no longer this, this, uh, uh, this pristine, large tropical river anymore. It right. is under severe stress already and we need to acknowledge this, acknowledge the fact that the river is already reacting to the level of change mm-hmm. and that we have less options already. So our work needs to be accelerated and, and to find quick solutions very fast to, to conserve what is left of this river. Economic planning in the Mekong Basin remains fragmented on three levels, geographic, 
thematic and temporal. Could you please elaborate more on this, Mark? Sure. So the Mekong is an international river shared by uh, six countries. So that makes its management more difficult. Most of the planning happens at country level. And, and uh, it was fine for a long time because the resources were plentiful. But as more projects are developed and less space for development, if you want, uh, remains, and also because of large infrastructure projects, namely had the power, right. but also extraction of sand uh, for construction and, and, and uh, fish catch are increasing, mm -hmm. then there's a more urgent need for a basin-wide approach in order to not miss opportunities and to avoid risks that have consequences beyond borders. Mm -hmm. So that is uh, the key limitation for the time being is that uh, we need to plan basin-wide and that the attempt to do this basin planning was solely in the hands of the Mekong River Commission with mm -hmm. its limitation. First limitation, it is four countries only, not six countries. Okay. And then second limitation is that the countries disagree on the rule of the game or have different interpretation of the procedures behind the Mekong River Commission, mm -hmm. we, the end uh, is, uh, is really not working. But a very important one also is the fact that the Mekong River Commission is, uh, is, is uh, an organization that is, has a mandate only for water resources. Right. And, and it's, it's too important to leave it solely in the hands of, of water resources people because it is key to economic development. And, mm -hmm. and the economic planning and the water planning are disconnected, if you want. And, 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 and the, all the good work that has been done in the realm of the Bacon Bureau Commission, for instance, is not understood and used uh, by the economic planners. And, and that's our fault, our, our water resources people, because we jargon, we think of our work uh, and, 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 and very technical terms that make it inaudible to the rest of the, of the world. Mm -hmm. and, and we tend to concentrate on what we disagree on when we agree on, on most. So we agree on 90% and we spend 90% of our time talking about the 10% we disagree on. And, and this doesn't help the economic planners to understand. So that's the first compartmentation, the compartmentation geographic right. and, 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 and that limitation. The problem also at country level is that those countries are very compartmented, meaning the governance is, is compartmented between sectors. The, the uh, uh, technical ministries as natural resources mm -hmm. uh, plan, and then and the economic planners, the uh, commerce planners, the financial planning, right. and, and the industry planning is happening elsewhere. And, and, and there's a competition issue, which is a problem. It's very clearly the case uh, uh, in, uh, uh, in, in Vietnam, and in, in actually in all, 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 all Mekong countries. And, and so that's, that's, that's an issue. Hmm. And the last compartmentation is, is a, a temporal one, the fact that uh, because of the need for, for quick development, because uh, uh, the uh, level of development in the Mekong countries is pretty low compared to more developed countries. Mm -hmm. And, and, and there's a need to develop fast. Then uh, some economic uh, planning is, is done on the short term and the consequences in the long term are not 
always understood and the and the competition between uh, sectors uh, are also uh, a problem when, when optimization of a sector now is done often at the expense of another sector and, and we lack the instrument to look beyond this. So those three levels of compartmentation are challenging because challenging uh, because uh, taking on three dimensions at the same time mm. uh, is, is, is difficult, but they need to happen and, and, and we need to reconciliate all of this. So we really need a, a functioning uh, transboundary platform mm. to, to look into this. And, and, and given the limitation of the CSOs that are still fragmented, between the compartmentation of the uh, of uh, the countries, the limitation of the Mekong Commission, then 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 really need to find a fast track mm. in order to uh, to address those challenges quickly. You mentioned a lot about the Mekong River Commission. Uh, recently, I read an article about the Lanchang Mekong Corporation. Is that are they similar or are they different, Mark? They are they are different. Okay, and that's that's an opportunity. So the Mekong River Commission exists. Right. And, and it has its limitation, but it has also its values, its benefits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, the limitation of the countries disagree on the rule of the games. Uh, it is too water resources centric and not, not uh, 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 it doesn't have a, a role in its failing to outreach to the economic sectors and to the CSOs and to the private sector, if you want. Right. Uh, but, but the positives is it has, uh, it, it has, uh, Accumulated a wealth of knowledge uh, of of the river, and 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 this is underutilized. Mm-hmm. So this this the big piece of knowledge that mm-hmm. is accumulated in the Mekong River Commission that needs to be decoded and 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 used widely. The Longsang Mekong Corporation uh, has complementaries uh, values in the fact that it has been signed by the heads of states of for five, six countries, right. meaning all countries, when the Mekong River Commission has been signed by ministers of water resources for four countries. Okay. And, and the Lansang Mekong Corporation integrates economic development, but also has a specific objective for water and energy security. So mm-hmm. that's, that's a, a, paper, a great opportunity. The Lansang Mekong Corporation is also attached if you want to, or uh, 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 advance post for implementing the Belt and Road Initiative, which mm. is a lot of political momentum. So I think mm. that's, that's very important uh, uh, also that, uh, that we could build on this. And, 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 and China, on paper, has this, this vision for uh, ecological civilization, which I think uh, makes a lot of sense. And, and, and we'll see how this is implemented. But it has... Uh, the momentum and the uh, uh, and, and the the weight of of, uh, of its mandate that uh, the MRC was lacking. So mm-hmm. I think they're very complementary, and the Langsang Mekong cooperation uh, is, is is very timely. Mm-hmm. So we we're looking at, at this opportunity to address the challenges that the Mekong is now facing. What are the major risks and opportunities? from the development of the Mekong Basin, in your point of view, Mark? 20 years ago, when I started to work in this region, the Mekong was one of the last free-flowing large tropical rivers with a wealth of biodiversity, very productive uh, inland fisheries, mm-hmm. and a 
Namiski example of how communities were uh, living in harmony with the rivers and, and benefiting from it. Since a uh, lot of changes have occurred, the fisheries are declining very fast in terms of number of catches and size of catches. Uh, the water quality that was a non-issue is, is, is now pretty serious. The water quality is, is dropping. Uh, we're getting more droughts, we're getting more floods that, that are challenge for the uh, for the people, a challenge for the economy, and we're getting very serious erosion. The river is uh, losing elevation. Uh, riverbank erosion is, is happening at, at uh, alarming rates, and mm. very quickly the Mekong Delta is sinking and shrinking, mm. which has implications on salt intrusion, on availability of uh, of uh, uh, fresh water, on exposure to floods, and it is costing the economy a lot, as it is the ecosystem. And, and causing migrations from those rural uh, areas to the cities, increasing the, the sustainable city and, uh, um, management. So that's that's a pretty alarming what what is happening. Right, right. The problem is uh, uh, in most rivers, the issue is a regulation issue, meaning a regulation issue. Sorry, meaning the the quantity of water that is impounded behind hydro power compared to the natural flow which is an issue in the Mekong, but not the key issue, because the Mekong has very uh, uh, abundant uh, flow in, in, in the wet season. The issue here is an issue of uh, fragmentation, which mm -hmm. is a concept that is a bit more difficult to apprehend, and, and, and we have worked, and we have a paper in, 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 uh, in press to define what fragmentation is. It includes uh, movement of fish up and down rivers, and, and the Mekong has 160 long-distance migratory fish that uh, are very important, up to one-third of the uh, uh, total world uh, catches, uh, for world, world fisheries uh, catches, so very important for the economy and, and, and the livelihoods. It's also an issue of nutrient, key for agricultural development, key for fisheries mm -hmm. development. It's so the, the first uh, level of the Food chains are important for the entire uh, for the entire ecosystem, freshwater ecosystem. If you want, it's also an issue of sediment. And sediment is key. It's key because uh, it is the stability of the river forms and it also the stability of the delta. But also because it is a resource. The construction sector is also dependent on sand. So all of this is really the limitation. Uh, and 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 and, uh, and in some sense, a lot of the planning, the Mekong River Commission tools were based on. On regulation, how much water is available, and saying, well, there's enough water for development. The limitation factor is nutrient, fish, sediment, and this is more difficult to measure, and 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 that's that's I think uh, uh, a challenge. So that's those are the risks with with the failure of the Mekong River Commission. Right. On the benefit side, opportunities, political realization, the country of Vietnam, so the Prime Minister mm -hmm. of Vietnam uh, has just initiated this resolution 120, which is basically acknowledging the level of stress that the Mekong Delta uh, is, uh, uh, is seeing and, 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 and the change uh, that is happening fast with its, uh, its uh, impact to the economy and to the people. We have quotations from the Prime Minister saying that uh, environment is more important than growth. Uh, realization, because it was an incident where a large uh, spill uh, uh, has killed fish on a large uh, uh, area, two to three provinces uh, were affected and, and, and 
millions of uh, fish uh, were, were killed. So there's the realization of the uh, uh, of Vietnam and but other uh, governments also that uh, uh, the uh, environment is valuable and, and it's linked to the economy. Right. Uh, same China with the uh, ecological civilization and 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 and, and its influence, how it's influencing its neighboring country. So realization is is the first opportunity because we can build on this. Everything that we said as about the resources people is basically happening, hmm. uh, and it's. We, we, we predicted all of this. It is happening to a greater extent and faster than, than uh, what uh, we said. So we were said, seen as uh, alarmist uh, uh, 15 years ago and, and now, well, visionary. We saw it. So now uh, this is acknowledged and, and now we need to act. And that, that, that is obviously helping. And, and the fact that the Belt and Road, the Langsang Mekong Corporation are here, that's, that's, that's also an opportunity. The opportunity is also with the private sector. The private sector uh, is uh, planning at 20, 50 years, and they're looking at uh, limitations. Coca-Cola in Cambodia knows they're selling less Coca-Cola. Uh, <laughs> when the fish uh, are not productive that very year, uh, the uh, textile industry is uh, making commitments to their buyers that they are responsible. And when they look into the supply chains, there are high risks to their reputation to the uh, uh, regulatory risk, but also to the physical risk that affects availability and quality of water. So mm -hmm. they, they, they need to look into this. That's a, that's a, that's a very important uh, opportunity. And, and, and uh, uh, challenges still that the civil society is limited, but there's still some progress there, but some challenges there also. So that's, that's also something to take both as, as a risk limitation, but, but hopefully soon uh, uh, as an opportunity. So great, great opportunities that are on the level of the challenge. And in terms of the local community, are they, are they made aware of the risks of uh, development in the Mekong Basin, Mark, currently? Often they are aware. So not that they are made aware, that they are aware themselves. They can see right. changes. Okay. Uh, the, the issue is... is, is uh, the space that they have to 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 react and and, and yes the understanding of the wider development but locally hmm. they are aware more than anybody else okay they can see water quality drop they can see that the catch for effort for fishing is is reducing they can see the riverbanks in front of their house hmm. uh, it's collapsing and, and sometimes their house or, or the orchards uh, are, are are being uh, swept away wow. so there there is there is an awareness there, surely, yeah. What can governments and the private sectors do to balance maximizing national and sectoral economic development while at the same time respect the ecosystem functioning of the Mekong Basin? So, as I, as I mentioned earlier, there's, there's already less opportunities as damage has been done. Right. So, there's, there's uh, more exposure to uh, droughts and, and floods. And this is costing. Uh, there's, there's been a, a precedent with large floods in, in, in Thailand, for instance, uh, partly in the Mekong, but, but uh, even more in the in the Chao Phraya that are costing uh, the uh, uh, to those uh, to those businesses. Same thing with the serious 100-year uh, drought, sorry, and and uh, in the Mekong Delta that also is costing the economy. The the businesses are understanding this, and the government. 
mm. is understanding this. So there's, there's a realization that, that there needs to be a coordination. Again, Resolution 120 in, in Vietnam is about ensuring better coordination between the different agencies and with the private sector. So okay. that's, that's a realization that, uh, that uh, is, is there. And, and also an understanding that the limitation of, of nature, or the, again, the government of Vietnam saying openly, or the prime minister of Vietnam saying openly that, uh, that environment is, is more important than, than growth. Mm-hmm. And there are practical ways of doing this. We have worked on, on practical tools like the, uh, the water risk filter, which is an online free tool that allows companies and governments, but it allows companies to measure the risk through their supply chain, the exposure to water. And then we're working on, on, on uh, improving the resolution of this tool for the Mekong, so it's even more useful. There's a wealth of other tools that, uh, that are there to understand the risk and, and limit this, this, uh, this exposure. And, and, and also, uh, there's a realization from the most responsible players in the industry that they need to work differently. And often, those companies have done good progress in being more responsible in their use of water. Mm-hmm. Behind fence line, so they have uh, reduced their use of water. They have reduced their uh, their pollution to the water, and now they need to work together. So they, this this time for collective action with the different uh, uh, companies, so that they can improve even further and 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 work together. Because if if you are top of the class and you're doing good. Uh, work in water efficiency and, and water pollution, but your next no neighbor is not, then yeah. you're still exposed to reputation. So, so there's a need to work together. And, okay. and, 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 and that, that is something that we're working on and that is happening. And then after you have done the work together and to comply with the law and, 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 and to be a, a more responsible player, then, then, then there's a limitation and what's happening in the next country is a reputation in, in, in the law itself. So that's why you uh, get more involvement of the private sector into governance because mm-hmm. they have to say, and that's maybe also a limitation of the Mekong River Commission. I've never seen a private sector player at the table except a few other private companies, but never, never. Uh, never textile uh, industry or tourism uh, industry or chamber of commerce of industry engage in the Mekong River Commission, for instance. So we, we need to, to, to fix this so that the, the, the key opportunity is, is really to, to get the economic planners and the corporates right. uh, engage more into water governance. Right. So basically, you need all these parties to come together and collaborate together as one, right? Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and plan together because there are opportunities to develop more sustainably, but mm-hmm. it has to be done jointly, because if not, if it's done sector by sector, country by sector, country, the optimization of one sector will be done at the expense of another. So concrete example, uh, uh, other power project in Laos might make sense from a power sector, sector perspective into the Laos uh, country plan could be defendable. But if you look at its impact to other sectors like the construction sector, availability of sand, the textile, ability of water and, and, and quality, the, the nutrient uh, cost to agriculture mm. and uh, fisheries to other 
uh, other countries in the longer term, it doesn't make sense anymore. So we need to reconciliate all this to not miss opportunities and maybe find trade-offs and compensation mechanisms in order to do this. And there's a key role for the financial sector also, which are investing. Right. And financial institutions are investing across different uh, sectors through their portfolios. And, and investment in one sector could be done, uh, or if you want investment in one sector, mm-hmm. can use the chances of the another sector uh, to pay back their loans. So the financial sector is a key sector to engage with, and we are engaging with them. And this, they are champions of risk um, management, but at the same time, we have a competitive advantage at looking at, at those risks and, 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 and looking at solutions on, on, on uh, how to manage those risks. And this goes beyond uh, standards in, 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 in uh, business sectors, in, in, in uh, business standards in one sector but to go beyond and bring all of those players through a better, uh, more transparent and inclusive water governance to uh, uh, engage earlier in the planning. Right, right. And also involve the local community, you know. I think they, they also play a very important role as well. Mark, do you agree? Exactly. When yeah. I mean trust and more inclusive uh, governance, it means more engagement of uh, uh, outreach to the... To the uh, Communities and civil society, mm. as well as the as to the private sector, as mm. well to the uh, uh, government government agencies or state agencies that are not water resources agencies, but that are also uh, uh, dependent, uh, if you want, uh, on on the river resources. So all of those equally important communities, CSOs, mm. uh, private sector all sectors hmm. and also uh, all government uh, agencies. Okay. Uh, in terms of WWF's perspective, what is WWF's key role and contribution to improve the governance of the Mekong River to serve the needs of people, nature and business? So we believe we have, uh, uh, we have three key uh, things to contribute. Uh, one is the understanding of ecosystems. Uh, we think ecosystems. We don't think countries. We don't think uh, uh, sectors. And our objective is to conserve the health of the rivers. Okay. The health of the rivers are key to the health of communities right. because healthy rivers is is healthy communities because the level of dependency of the communities especially the people that are the most marginalized, mm. is, is very high and even higher in the Mekong than, than many other rivers. So it's key mm-hmm. and we have a joint agenda. Mm-hmm. And similarly, healthy ecosystems mean healthy business. It's more and more evident. So that's our goal. Our understanding of the ecosystems, our understanding of those key natural processes and, 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 and the importance of, uh, of those natural resources and, and, and those unique biodiversity for, for development. So that, that's, that's the first thing we can uh, bring in and we can translate this into risk. Mm. And, and, and that's, I think, a, a knowledge that we have that is very useful, that is complementary to the knowledge of other players. Not mm. better, not worse, complementary. And, and the more light we shade from different perspectives, mm. the better uh, armed we are to, to take the challenge and find sustainable solutions that work for all. But that's the transformative idea, if you want. So we're not looking at the private sector as impacting only, 
Okay. Which they are using a lot of water, they are polluting the water, they are using other resources, like sand, and, and they, 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 they need electricity, but uh, they are also impacted by other sectors. So mm-hmm. looking at this, I think we have a value added to help measure risk, but also find solutions that are win-wins for all. Right, right, right. is is we're a convener. So the WF uh, is an NGO. We are civil society. We have worked with other civil society players. We know civil society from inside because we are civil society. And, and we have also been working with communities and work with CSOs who work with communities. So I think mm. we are, have a good understanding of communities and often communities like to have NGOs uh, as, as uh, helping them to, to be represented, helping them to, compo- to understand risk yep. and helping them to raise their voice. But also, we have worked with the uh, government for some time. We are recognized by uh, many government agencies as a partner mm-hmm. and, and, and see us as a partner. They value us as a partner. And Similarly, we have worked with development partners, wider, wider development partners like uh, like uh, ODA or multi multilateral uh, uh, banks, uh, for instance. And, and and we we have shared agendas, shared understanding, and 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 and, and seen as uh, as as natural partners also. And, and we can name them. Uh, it could be from from DFAT to SDCs, but also multilateral banks like like ADB, World Bank, right. for instance. And 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 Luxembourg Corporation now, so we we, we, we are seen as partners, and, and we are also in, engaging with uh, with private sector and are are seen also with private sector, and this is our third uh, key contribution, if you want, mm. the fact that uh, our logo is very well known and a value added to many players. Oh, okay. I, for instance, the buyers of big brands of textiles say mm. uh, value or logo. People, right. general public, trust the WF logo more than they trust the brands. And uh, yeah. we are a solution-oriented uh, player, so that's what we try to find. But we also watchdog. Mm. Whatever collaboration we have with whatever players, uh, including uh, our partners uh, as uh, private sector partners, businesses, corporates, we always uh, reserve the right to uh, challenge if there is an issue. So this has granted us some, uh, uh, if you want, uh, reputation from uh, from the wider public. So if we say something. And then uh, uh, we we have some level of credibility that many other players do not have to a wide range of players. Not all players, but to a wide range of players. So that's that's the third uh, the third conversation we have. But the key one is convener. Mm. We we can reach across because again, the the main solution, the main way forward is more transparent and more inclusive water governance. And the key players across the world of those players that need to be to, to better engage in governance, we to some extent have a good level of uh, engagement and, and 
are seen often as a as a natural convenience. So that's that's potent, that's probably a most important role to be played. I mean to say that you you would have a better understanding from the government point of view, the private sector point of view, to the local community point of view, right? Because you work together with all these sectors, you work closely with them. Exactly, we work closely with mm-hmm. and and also the private sector because again yeah. we work with them and our logo is huge. But but yes, all 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 the players and and the development partners also. So yes. The, the local communities, the uh, the uh, civil society, the development partners, the governments, key of course, uh, the regulators, and 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 and, the, and uh, so the national assemblies, for instance, and and the government itself, the executive, and mm. and the private sector, the brands, yeah. the companies, and that definitely leads to a lot of insights that you gather by working with all these different parties, you know. I'm sure the private sectors would benefit from your insights. The governments would benefit from your insights when you share with them. Is that, is that how it works? Because exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. And also, there's more realization that we are all in the same boat. Mm. Okay. Mm. Healthy rivers equal healthy communities equal healthy business. Healthy business. Yeah. yeah. All together, uh, we 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 are not expecting businesses to uh, work. For conservation, the way we work for conservation, mm. they are driven by profit, and and we're not going to change this. Mm. But they will have better sustainability in the business and better return on investments mm. if the river is more healthy. Healthy, yeah, yeah. That's that's our joint agenda. Mm. Same thing. Government will keep stability, security. And they will uh, ensure that uh, their uh, economy develops and, and their uh, population is happy. Same if they are, if the river is healthy, if they are less exposed to natural disasters, mm-hmm. and if uh, their earnings grow, and 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 uh, that's uh, also linked to the health of the river. So we have a joint agenda. Yeah. We understand that we have the joint agenda. We don't have all solutions, but we have good relation with players in all of those sectors, mm. and to some extent, some understanding. And, and what we bring in the understanding of the ecosystems and how they translate into risk is valued by all those players. Could you please give some advice for water practitioners looking to work in the Mekong region in terms of culture, and working with governments and the local community. First, welcome to all because there's a real need, mm-hmm. and 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 we need to have more capacity. Right. You can make a difference here, so all all are welcome. Okay. It is a complex region because many countries and and a basin because limitation of the governance because the impacts are happening very fast. But there's a real need. And the government is realizing the limitations in their capacity, so they will come more help. There's uh, uh, many players there, so the key issue is to coordinate. So there's a big need, but there's a lack of coordination and lack of governance. So uh, be cooperative partner if you come in and, and ensure that you communicate with with a wide range of players and build on what has been done. Don't start from scratch. There's a lot of understanding there. There's a lot of good players working there. The government is doing uh, uh, good work. They are advancing on their mandate. They're realizing the limitation. So also be cooperative and build on the existing. 
So mm. there's a wide range of opportunities there, and mm. and and uh, we need to look on this. NGOs are and CSOs communities are fragmented. They need our contribution. They need more technical understanding. They need examples from elsewhere in the world, and they need uh, to improve a governance that is homegrown, a governance that is not cut and paste from elsewhere. That takes into consideration the cultural differences and mm-hmm. these languages in the Mekong uh, uh, in the Mekong Basin. There's a wide range of, of uh, uh, groups that are often marginalized. Uh, half of the uh, Laotians are not ethnic Lao. They are uh, they are ethnic communities. They need to be integrated better. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a big uh, challenge, big mm-hmm. undertaking, and and we need all the help. We can need, but the key is better coordination among ourselves to ensure that we are with, because often with the good intent, uh, we we uh, are counter, uh, we, we don't achieve what we want to achieve because we don't work enough uh, in, in collaboration with what is, is happening there. So mm-hmm. just acknowledge that you're not alone, but that you're very much needed and, and, and that we welcome you, but just coordinate and show that you you read and, and open to others. So the key message is there is a huge opportunity for for water practitioners, but you need to also respect the culture and not to start from scratch, but also build upon what is exist currently existing in place in the Mekong region. Right? Mm. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And you could really make a difference because the uh, the changes of the river are really happening very fast. I, I, I don't think I know of another example of a river that went to this level of of, uh, of health, to this level of stress in such a short time. And for example, the Mekong Delta, one of the largest deltas on the planet, if the, second, the third largest delta on the planet, was very stable 20 years ago, and now it's on a very high level of stress. So we need mm. practical solutions very quickly. But uh, we need to acknowledge the institutional setting and the cultures and to build on it. If, if not, we could be counterproductive with all the best intents of the world. Before we end this uh, short interview, is there any last words that you'd like to say, Mark? Just reinforce, reinforce the message that, uh, that it's a fascinating uh, river with fascinating people. And 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 lock sunk investment of of many players, including uh, Australia. Australia has been a natural key ally to this region. Mm-hmm. There's a very large uh, uh, amount of work that was uh, funded and supported by the uh, Australian government and implemented by Australian players. Mm-hmm. And I think this this is acknowledged. So there's a is a, a good reputation of Australia support and, 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 and a key need to build up to it. So uh, we are very uh, keen to improve and further develop a collaboration with the Australian Water Partnership mm-hmm. and, and continue to build on this good base that has been uh, invested in, in this region. It's so timely. Right, right. Okay. All right, Mark. Thank you so much for your time today. I wish you all the best. And we'll, we'll, we'll keep in touch for hopefully a second interview for any updates on the Mekong Basin. 
Thank you for the opportunity, Raymond. And, and yes, looking forward to, uh, to uh, keep in touch. And, and Kini is an initiative of the Australian Water Partnership and the International Water Centre Alumni Network. Kini connects water managers and shares knowledge throughout the Asia-Pacific. Visit our website at kini.org.au for more information and for videos, articles, news and more.